are now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We are the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. You're listening to the HBCU Sports Playbook. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today where we're talking about HBCU football. It is week seven in the building. We're in the middle of homecoming season and basketball season has started back. I'm tired, for real. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say right now. I'm tired. The Lakers kept me up. They lost. Well, LeBron had 31 points. People saying he's stat padding. So, you know, I'm like, do I want to debate with the folks on Twitter? Like, do I want to, you know, w- learn about the more of these HBC football games and what's going on? I decided to, to choose positivity and, and decided to go with HBC football because you're not going to ruin my, my mood talking about LeBron's stat padding. 31 points. Anyway, that's not that now. Not do HBC football. He ain't playing for FAMU. He just sponsors them. Anyway, Aria, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. I don't know why you even stayed up for that game. The Celtics game was actually pretty better. I would have went to sleep on the Lakers and the Warriors. It, it was nothing but, you know, just an early rivalry game that they should have never booked early in the season. But um, I understand. I, I, I went to sleep early. I was going to let that game keep me up. We're going to talk about some more positive things. We'll talk about these winners in HBC football for week seven. It is crazy that it's already week seven. We're going into week eight. Uh, so let's talk about the winners on this weekend. So on Thursday, North Carolina Central beat Morgan State University, and beat is an understatement. They went in on them. It was almost bullying. 59 to 20, okay? North Carolina Central won. All right, Grambling uh, lost to FAMU in a very interesting game. South Carolina State, of course, beat Virginia University of Lynchburg. Alabama State won against Mississippi Valley 24 to 9. Delaware State beat Norfolk State. I think that's very interesting as well. We thought Norfolk would sort of make things happen. They didn't. Delaware State beat them. I think Delaware State is going to be a sneaky contender when we look at the end of the season towards going to the Celebration Bowl. But I don't think they break up North Carolina Central and South Carolina State's hold on the conference. So Jackson State beat Bethune-Cookman 48 to 8. And the game featured a very nasty hit. By one of Bethune Cookman's defenders. Like, I'm like, is this wrestling? Is this Brock Lesnar? Like, what's going on? I'm like, don't don't hurt him now. Y'all lose me. Don't hurt him now. All right, come on now. All right, Albany, and this is not Albany State, but all University of Albany in New York. Hampton beat them 38 to 37 for a big soft win. So shout out to Hampton for that. Harvard beat Howard in the Battle of the Ivy Leagues, the Truth and Service Classic. Very upsetting, I must say. Very upsetting, I must say. Come on, Howard. If you're gonna play these Ivy League teams, you gotta beat them. All right, you had Alabama A&M, University of Arkansas, Palm Bluff. Alabama A&M won 34-31. And you had Southern and Alcorn State, a very intriguing and interesting nightcap game. I was sort of rooting for Alcorn because I want them to succeed in the West because I want to see two straight games for Jackson State versus Alcorn. But Eric Dooley and Southern beat Alcorn in a very interesting game. Went on Alcorn's side, some very questionable calls, I must say. But I'll yield that to you, Ariel. So we have our games of the week that we're going to talk about after we speak about the games that we already had. But I want to go on and spotlight them. So for you, Ariel, you have South Carolina State versus North Carolina Central. 
very lucky. You're very lucky to get that amazing game. But I have Jackson State versus Campbell, but we will go more in-depth on those Week 8 games in a second. But, Arya, I want to start with you. Let's talk about, you know, what occurred in your D1 matchups. You had three of them. So tell me what went down and what you saw. Yeah, so I had Central and Morgan State, and then we had Alcorn and Seven, which we're going to go deeper into that, like Randall said. And then I also have FAMU and Grambling, what I said last week would be a very heavy defensive battle. And it was, but we're going to go ahead and start with North Carolina Central versus Morgan State. Let me tell you, EJ Hicks and Davies Richards are a combination that's just super dangerous. On a six plays on the first drive, they scored a touchdown, and Central is known for scoring more than 30 points in the first half, which they did. They ended it a 41-9. to That's crazy. You also had Carson Baker from Morgan State in San Diego. He is the third quarterback from San Diego that has come to Morgan State having big hopes and dreams, but he dropped a pass on second down, one of their first drives, and had a three and out, and they had to punt. Also another weapon for the Central, you had Collier from North Carolina Central. He is a beast on the field, averaging seven yards a run. I don't want to play against them ever. If you think about Davius Richards and you think about all the weapons that he has and just how strong he is, they noted that he had a 42-yard run. And imagine this, this quarterback is over 220 pounds, 6'3". Imagine this man running across the field and running you down. I just want to tell you, Randall, I rave and I love, even though this isn't my school, I'm an AT alum, but I love what Central is doing. I love how they developed this quarterback and to be one of the quarterbacks that I favor in the MEAC, and I kind of want to see him play against Shador Sanders. What they say is, you know, a Steve McNair incarnate. I think that would just be beautiful, but that's what happened during the game. Then we move on to FAMU and Grambling. Like I said, defensive battle all the way into the first quarter, and we knew that. Jeremy Musa started with inconsistencies and missed passes going one for four on his first drive. Not something that we usually look to when we see Musa. He's a strong player, has a very strong arm. So we're thinking they're going to start first, but FAMU allowed a late field goal towards the end of the quarter. Grambling answered back with a field goal and a touchdown down by the end of the first throughout the rest of the game they were neck and neck going from 7 to 10 to 10 to 10 and then 7 to 16 fam you received a 80 yard return punt return from daniel johnson the third which brought them back 16 to 17 within a point however grambling with good strength and pass breakups by their defensive line we're not going to allow musa to come back and his team grambling has disappointed me this season. And I think you can say the same thing to Randall. I think one of the major problems from Grambling is the inconsistencies on offense. They have the players. They have Lyndon Rash, one of the top right receivers that I have ever seen throughout the MEAC this season. But the inconsistencies of their quarterback, you have a freshman quarterback coming in, you have a junior quarterback, and then you have a senior quarterback going back and forth. So the line is not prepared for those different snap counts or different ways that these quarterbacks want to play. And for Grambling not to provide a certain quarterback this far into the season is really messing with them and how they win. And, of course, they're kind of new, working with a new coach, working with new players. But I think the main thing that had them lose was the inconsistencies on the offense. I don't know how the rest of their season is going to look. They're already 1-6. We already know that they're probably not going to contend. But we want them to have a better season than what we saw. And, of course, the last game and probably the most anticipated game that everybody wanted to see, Alcor versus Southern. These two teams that we're looking at 
are the top two teams besides Campbell, which we'll get into a little bit later, that we think are going to give JSU problems. However, Alcorn was down until the second quarter. They were behind, leading behind Southern all the way into the second quarter, which is kind of weird. But, you know, this isn't the same Alcorn team that we've been looking for for two years ago. Southern led all the way through the ending their halftime, 14 to 21. And after the third quarter, that's when it kind of came into the standstill. It was the defensive battle to see who was going to score and if they were going to tie. But Alcorn made a late field goal, but Southern was unstoppable, winning 21 to 17. And one of the deficiencies was on the quarterback. They had a fumble and they had a late interception, and then they missed the field goal before the last field goal that they made to boost up the 17. I believe if they didn't have these problems, plus three close drives into the red zone, for you not to score that close to Southern, I'm not saying Southern is a bad team, but for you to go in there three times and not close, that is what leads to not winning that game. This wasn't the performance that I was hoping for. I just expected a little bit more from Alcorn. But these are my three games, my top three D1 games. But like I said, the central game, even though it was a blowout, I can't miss the performance of Davies Richards. And I, I think that with, you know, Davies Richards is I really, and, and it was a tweet that I saw uh, from someone on HBCU Twitter where is we're at the point of the season where we're going to just put North Carolina Central and Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl when it's like it's a lot of games left and then South Carolina State and North Carolina Central are playing this week. So, you never know. Whoever wins most likely is going to the Celebration Bowl because these are the top two teams this year. But it's just hard to not think about that. It's hard to not think about that possible quarterback battle between Davius and Shador. Now, let's talk about D2 really quickly. I want to go through uh, my game of the week, and then you know we'll give you know the scores for D2 uh, after that. Uh, I had two D2 games. I had the D2 games of the year. I had Bowie versus Virginia Union. And I had Albany State versus Benedict. I was one of one. All right. I was right on one, wrong on the other one. But if you really listen to what I had to say last week, I wasn't too wrong. So let's start over with what I was wrong about because I want the smoke. Like I, I, I'm wrong. I'm human. All right. So Albany definitely lost to Benedict 24 to 20. And that game was on HBCU League Pass Plus. Shout out to the home team. Uh, it was exciting seeing that on HBC League Pass Plus and seeing the, the SIAC get that recognition. So Benedict has beaten the final boss in the SIAC. They went through Savannah State. They went through Fort Valley. And the final boss, like I said, and I've said this for weeks, Ariel, I've been consistent. The final boss was Albany. And they beat him. Now it's like the end of a superhero movie. Now they ride out to the sunset and they're going to ride right into the, the, the side championship because they ain't losing no other games because their next three games to close the season are against Morehouse, Clark Atlanta, and Allen. They're not losing to any, any of those three teams. And the only team I could possibly see them lose against where they sort of like let their foot off the gas is Allen. That's the only one. But to talk about the game, Zaire Scotland had a way better game than he did you know, pre the previous weeks, because he was under 100 yards for like the past three, four weeks. He had 105 yards on 22 attempts. And Eric Phoenix, I love Eric Phoenix, man. He had a great game, 253 yards, 22 or 28 passing, one passing and rush touchdown, but two touchdowns. He threw in an interception, but he had an immaculate game. He was only sacked twice. 
And if you watch that game, he was able to maneuver around the pressure. They were bringing pressure, like, you know, up the middle. They were bringing pressure on the edges. He would see it. He would tuck that ball. He would run. He would scramble. He would dance in the pocket enough to pass the ball and make it happen. He did not let the pressure really get to him, although he was sacked twice. That's all you want from your quarterback, especially in, in, in a game where it's more about field positioning more than being high scoring. Because that game was about field positioning. Like, the run was getting them set up to get field goals. The run was setting them up, you know, to try to go for touchdowns. But it was a defensive game like I predicted. Albany, honestly, they were Benedict's biggest rival. I don't think they'll face a tougher opponent. But even still, I don't think that Tuskegee or Lane is on the level of Albany. I think that for Benedict, Albany is their Vedosta. Like, you beat Albany, they're, they're the SIAC champions, like, they have an amazing defense, you're able to overcome them. They're holding their certain teams to 11 points, you score, tw- you score 24. You know, like, like they, they're, they're, hold, they're holding teams, you know, to these, these low rushing yards, and you rush for 105 yards. Like, just one, just like, they had six running backs they deployed, and Zaire Scotland got back on track against Albany. And they started the game, Ario, and I, honestly, my, my, my jaw dropped. They started the game with two touchdowns. They say, you want a passing touchdown? Bet. Here you go. You want a rushing touchdown? Bet. Here you go. And that was the first team that Albany really allowed to score on them like that. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. Y'all got me. All right, y'all got me. And I was watching that Union game, like, don't let me be 0-2. Please let me be 0-2, Union. And they weren't. Like, Union Union came through for me. But I'm like, yo, yeah, Benny, they're going to win this game. Because Albany can't score like that. And that's just the truth. Like they can't like I like Albany scored, like they they blew out Fort Valley. And and I and I know the motivation as to why, and I think it was powerful because they were doing a tribute to their teammate that passed away. I think that's powerful. But when they play good teams, they don't they don't tend to score all that much. You know what I'm saying? They hold teams to under. Like even fam you, fam, you had 23 points. You know what I'm saying? Like fam, you had a, a like a low point total. You know what I'm saying? So they normally hold their teams low point totals, but they're not going to score 40 on you. They're not going to score 50 on you. They might not score 30 on you, but they're going to make sure you don't, you don't get 10. They're going to make sure you don't get 17. They're going to make sure you don't get a bunch of touchdowns, and that's how they win, and Benedict just broke through. That doesn't mean that Benedict had a crazy offensive game, but Benedict found a way to get their guys in the end zone. Like that first play, they played Albany like a fiddle. A play action situation where you fake the run, you're right there, you know, like the three yard line, you fake the run, and then you pass it in for a touchdown. I was like, y'all didn't even expect that. Y'all thought that was going to run because the game plan said they were going to try to run that in, and they didn't. And they got you. I was like, man, because I watched it back. I'm like, Benedict had Albany's number. So I was wrong. Overall, I was wrong. Eric Phoenix is amazing. Eric Phoenix might be the best quarterback in the in the SIAC. And then you have Zaire Scotland that finally bounced back. And I'm pretty sure he's going to put up some amazing numbers against Morehouse, against Clark Atlanta, against Allen. And I want to say this for Benedict. I'm happy for them because as a Fort Valley alum, I want to see something new. We've seen Albany dominate the SIAC. We've seen Fort Valley. Fort Valley broke through in 2016. We won the SIAC. In 2017, we made it to the SIAC championship and lost to Tuskegee. I want to see something new. And in the West, how it's looking, I think Tuskegee probably makes it out. I was excited for Lane, especially after they beat Tennessee State. But then you lose to Kentucky State. I don't think Kentucky State is going to make it. I think it's still Lane's contest. 
but I just think Tuskegee makes it. So I think you're going to see Tuskegee versus Benedict, and you're going to see once again, Benedict, the upstart team coached by Coach Barry, that's going to run the ball. They're, they're upstarts. Like they're going for it all. They have nothing to lose. They want to make history for the school, get their first championship, make the playoffs. Tuskegee is one of the most successful programs in HBCU history. D1, D2, D3, it don't matter. They're one of the most successful programs in HBCU history. I think we're gearing up to see an amazing and compelling matchup in the SIAC. And if Benedict beats Tuskegee, I don't know what to tell you. We might be seeing like a like a dynasty setup. I don't know. Because Barry is going in. Coach Barry, he's going. He can coach some running backs, man. And, uh, and unless the school steals him away, I think Benedict has proven to the SIAC this is their conference. But we're going to see. I'm not going to say that it's their conference yet because Tuskegee's the blue blood. But they beat Albany. So we'll see what happens. Now, Bowie versus Virginia Union. Man, listen, I'm starting to learn me some football, man. Y'all, y'all going to stop playing with me. I'm, 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 I'm about to take these picks to the bank, okay? When Stacey Abrams legalizes gambling, I'm probably not going to gamble, but vote for her, though, because she might do that. You know, so we had a whole show about that. So go vote for her. We, go, go watch that show, and y'all see why y'all need to vote for her. But, man, listen, like, I was right about this. I honestly was right, because here's what I said on last week. I said I picked Virginia Union. And I said this game will be an all-time defensive battle, but Jada Byers is still going to do great things, and Union's going to squeak out a win, unroot to win the SIAA championship and making the D2 playoffs. What happened? Jada Byers, like Jada Byers had 277 rushing yards and one touchdown. Now, they kept him out the end zone, but Jada Byers got wherever he wanted to, wanted to go. That, that defensive line was like a door. Like he just opened the door and ran through. It was like a door. I'm sorry, but it's true. Like when, when it was Jada Byers out there, it was like a door. And y'all held him sometimes. I give him that. But one of them plays, I thought he really was about to run from like the other end zone to the other end zone and just score. I was like, is this a punt return? Like y'all giving him wide open space. So it's like Jada Byers is that guy. And I knew that he would be the X factor. Because once again, like I said with the Benedict Albany game, the running game put them in position. Now, granted, it wasn't a high-scoring game. It was 27-24, to 24, and you had, Brad, you had Brandy Myers that kicked the field goal for the win. And I honestly was like, is it going to go in? This ain't Justin Tucker now. He, he, he ain't there yet. Like, it's going in? It went in. And I was like, they beat Bowie. I honestly, I, what, I, I picked them, but Bowie did not go out without a fight. Because here's what happened. Virginia Union went up 17-9 to nine to start the third quarter. And I'm like, okay, Union's about, about to pull away. It's about, it's about to probably stay this, this point total. They might get a field goal. It'll be 29. Bowie then scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to get back in the game and take it to overtime. And then Bowie had the football to start overtime. They didn't connect. Virginia Union's rush defense kept them out the end zone just for them to get down there. And then that field goal happens for Union. Like, it was a game. This lived up to all of the hype. At points, the Albany game drug along a bit because it wasn't a high-scoring game. But with this game, it was so high stakes because both defenses were going crazy, and the run was what pulled through. So I was right because Jada Bias is a Harlan Hill Trophy candidate. If he don't win, we're going to riot. 
Not January 6th, just on social media, okay? We're not, we're not going to do January 6th on this one. But listen, like, we're going to riot. Because it's like, he has to get into the final contention. If Shador Sanders get in the Heisman, like, I need I need for Jada Bias to get number two at the very least. Because what player in D2, I don't care, Gulf Coast South, I don't care, whatever. Valdosta's terrible as you too, by the way. They they let anybody run. I swear, Ariana are and I are going to start a two-person offense, and we're going to run past Valdosta. Valdosta's terrible this year. And Jada Bias started it off. We're going to finish it. But Austin's terrible. I don't care who is. Ferris State, they doing real good. I don't care who it is. Jada Byers is that guy. It's the time. It's the time to do it. Jada Byers it has the numbers. He has the flashy plays. He's even performing better than he did last year. There's no reason why Jada Byers should not, at the very least, be in the running for the Harlan Hill, if not winning outright. But I know. We got to see what happens. I, I think they're going to win their next few games. They're going to play Virginia State at the end of the season. You know, they, they, they're going to play Chowan. Chowan might, might be interesting because Chowan's that's been a pretty good, good team. That might be a better game than we anticipate. But I believe that they're going to win out. They're going to make it to the Seattle Championship. They're going to play Fayetteville State. And I think Fayetteville State plays better. But Virginia is going to win. And they're going to make the playoffs. And when they make the playoffs, I don't know what's going to happen. Because a lot of these D2 programs in these other regions, they ain't looking all that good. So I don't know what will happen. And we might see some history going on. So I was right. Now, y'all got to put some respect on this D2 football knowledge, okay? I was right. I was right about Vadosta versus Union because I, I told y'all I was going over with Vadosta and what happened? Vadosta giving up all these yards and they losing this season. And what happened this game? I told y'all what was going to happen. And I told you it wasn't going to be a blowout. It was going to be close. And it was. Stop. They need to stop playing with me, y'all. They need to stop playing with me. I'm taking this to the bank you, once they ever wins. Do you have like the um the clap? I don't. You deserve you deserve the round of applause. <laughs> I'll I'll clap for you. I'll clap for you. The round the round of applause. Also, I have to say, um, don't don't pull me into your mess. I guess that's what it means to be part of a team. We're gonna we're gonna make a two team running off. We're don't, gonna don't run against Fort Austin. No, let's do that. <laughs> like you can't for AT. Y'all, y'all know about, about about run offense. Listen. I'll be the quarterback. I'll pass it off to you. You know what I'm saying? I'll give it to you. Like, hey, hey, I, I, I do a toss. Uh, I toss you a toss, and you, you, you just run up there, get a touchdown. Because Vardosta, anybody can score on Vardosta's run, by running through him. Like, that that off that defensive line ain't doing nothing for them at all. And it's we love to see it. Because Vardosta has beaten every HBCU that they've seen, except for Albany and except for Virginia Union. And they beat Union last year. You have no idea as someone that is in Georgia – that's seen them in the playoffs. They beat Bowie. They've beaten Albany before. They've beaten Savannah State. They've beaten Fort Valley. They've beaten CIAA teams. So to finally see somebody run through them and then see that that was the start of the problem and possibly Jada Byers might have been the one that gave the key. Because if you look at it, it's a lot of these teams against Valdosta that have just been consistently running the ball and they've run up the total. We talked about it last week. I think Jada Byers and Ferris State showed everyone Valdosta cannot contain the run. Just run, and you're going to be just fine. So, I, man, Jada Byers is doing a great job, and I think that, in general, the D2 playoffs are going to get interesting because your superpowers, Fair State is, is doing great. Fair State is doing great, so we'll see you play as Fair State. But, honestly, our superpowers aren't looking like superpowers. And now you have legitimate SIAC and CIAA teams. They all could make it. Like, what stops Fort Valley from making it if they beat Albany? What, what stops Fort Valley from making it? What stops Albany from making it if they win out the rest of their schedule, they beat Fort Valley? Even though they don't make the side championship, 
what stops them from making it? I don't know. And now at this point, you have to look at, okay, so you have you have the, the super region, the CIAA is in the super region, the Sox is in the super region. How are you going to play that? Because I honestly think that there are several teams that deserve it, even based on who they've beaten, the points they put up, the defense, the outstanding players, the posters have to make it happen. But we'll talk about that more later because I don't think that they will. But Fort Valley, Albany, you have Bowie, you have Benedict, you have you have Fayetteville State, you have Union. Like they all deserve a spot. It's gonna probably be. I think it'll be four teams. But if it's two, most likely Benedict wins out, Union wins out, including the championships, and they make it. But I think that D two is going to be very interesting. I want to toss to the games of the week. So Arya, I want to start. You know, with, with your game. So tell us about what you're looking for in this epic matchup. Probably the game of the whole entire weekend for FCS between South Carolina State, the reigning Celebration Bowl champions and HBCU champions versus a North Carolina Central team that just looks different. So, like, tell us about that game. Who do you think is going to win? Yeah, like you just said, we got the reigning champion, South Carolina State, and then you got maybe the upcoming champions, North Carolina Central. I know that's kind of staying a lot, but that's just how I feel. After playing Morgan, they fall 0-2, and they never much – Morgan State never much really had a chance against Central after you've seen what they've done this season. And now Central is now first in the division going 1-0. and From there, I feel like they have the easy road ahead after South Carolina State. They play Delaware State, and even though Delaware State just got this win, like I said, I don't think they have the offensive power, just like Davies Richardson. We also have to think, a lot of people talking about Central's offense, but you really got to talk about their defense as well. There are some powerhouse players on that team that Central is not letting you score, maybe more than 14 points in the first half and they're scoring over 30 points in the first half as well so their next games after Delaware State are Howard and Norfolk those seem like easy games to me and what weapon I believe is just going to knock out South Carolina State is Davies Richards Davies Richards makes up that whole team like I said over 220 pounds he can move he's fast after watching him against Morgan State I completely forgot that this is a dual threat quarterback he can move with his feet it doesn't matter how heavy he is and he will run through you it's about the speed and the potential he has that when he sits in the pocket and he's able to make those decisions he's moving on you also just to think about you got ej hicks and you got latrell collier and once they get that running game going because sometimes i'm not gonna lie central's passing game can be stopped it's very it's very easy to stop them he only has one or two players that he really trusts to go to and that's EJ Hicks, and there's another wide receiver, but he's really not as great as his number one. But when they get the running game down, we put Collier and Richards in the same game at the same time with two different options. It's nothing more that you can really do. Now, Corey Bullock, who's also the offensive guard of the week, the MIAC player offensive guard of the week, is unstoppable as well. And he is one of the keys to Davis Richards when he stands so long in the pocket and he has more than three seconds to throw. Nobody's moving past him. I don't know if you guys ever just literally watch Corey Bullock, but he's he's not going. He's not going anywhere. He stands there. He's like an immovable force. He'll knock you down. He'll run through. He'll throw you to the ground. So if you don't remove Bullock from that offensive guard position, if you don't find a way to get around him, nobody's touching Richards. Nobody's 
pressuring him. Nobody's even going to make him flinch. This man is either going to run you or he's going to pass on you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Now, South Carolina State, I don't know what's been going on with championship teams, whether it comes to PWI player or when it comes to NFL play. For some reason, championship teams are not looking as good as they're supposed to this year. And the same goes for South Carolina State. Right now, their quarterback is 49% on completions. This is actually... 15% down for what Davies Richards brings to the field. But it's not most of the inconsistencies or accurate passing. It's the lack of offense. But what they lack in offense, they lack in defense. And I think that's going to be a little bit of trouble against Central. B.J. Davis, a major threat on the opposite side of the field, has almost two to three pass breakups each game. So if Davies Richards is thinking about throwing it down the field, I would say take it, but that's more a percentage that he's 50-50 on. But those close passes... I believe B.J. Davis is going to come into play. Those are just my predictions, and I have to give maybe Central wins this out. I don't know if this is going to be another blog game. I think South Carolina State has something to prove when it comes to their name and also who they are as reigning champs. But this is not going to be a close one, but it's going to be a good one. But my bet is on Central. What do you think, Randall? I think that North Carolina Central does win, but I think it will be close. I think it will be within 10 points. I think that it's not going to be a super high-scoring game, and I think that I'm cursing myself with that because you have Davies Richards on that other side. But I believe that Buddy Pugh, you can't count him out. Buddy Pugh showed you how he adjusted to Jackson State, and he's played a lot of great games against a lot of these teams. He's found a way to adjust as a coach. And South Carolina State still has some, has some amazing players. Like I just think that when you play a schedule, when you're playing teams that are marketedly better, that have marketedly more resources, and you're starting your schedule with that, like South Carolina State, like all the MEAC teams, really, but South Carolina State particularly, and then you have, you have um, you know, Norfolk that did the exact same thing, your record's going to look worse than it actually is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, for me, I think that in MEAC play, South Carolina State is going to do better. But this is an interesting game to start out with. This is a hell of a game to start out with. So we'll see. But I think that this will be a better game than folks anticipate. I think that South Carolina State, just all pride alone, do not want to give up that crown. And the games when Norfolk played North Carolina Central and, and all the different teams played each other that were in the championship hunt last year, it got interesting. So I think that's going to be interesting this year as well. But I think this is the game that determines who makes it to the Celebration Bowl. But I think whoever wins this game goes to Celebration Bowl and we'll see what happens with Jackson State. But speaking of Jackson State, I honestly don't have any football analysis for y'all for this game. I have cultural analysis, okay? And maybe Ariel could help me out with the actual football of it. Campbell, traditionally as a program, has not been really good. However, they did beat North Carolina Central 48-18. Jackson State are an interesting bunch because we love what Deion Sanders is, is contributing to the HBCU community. But there are a lot of people that say that they want Jackson state to be humbled. And what they mean by be humbled is that we want them to lose. We want them to see they're not unbeatable and stop all the talking. I'm not one of those people. I'm not. I am someone that likes to be on code and what on code and what on code means for folks that don't know is that, you know, when you have a group of people or you're part of an organization, there's a code that you have. And it's sometimes it's unspoken. I just cannot put it within me to root against Jackson State in this game. I'm rooting for Jackson State. 
and I and I'm gonna pick Jackson State to win. F- football analysis, Campbell has a really great offensive line, and they got some big boys. They got some guys. And they had a really good recruiting class, just as good at what Deion Sanders brought in. Now, Deion Sanders brought in some higher-ranked recruits like Travis Hunter, and maybe he plays this game. But one thing that uh, Campbell has, they have some big guys up there. They, they, have, they have some, some styles on, on, on the front, on the offensive and defensive front. But I just believe that the HBCU community, has to root for Jackson State in this because Jackson State is essentially whenever you play a white school, our HBCUs play for that. Jackson State is the SWAC champion. They did not beat South Carolina State. But by every metric, Jackson State is the best HBCU football program right now until someone unseats them. Maybe Alcorn, maybe Southern, maybe Alabama A&M pulls something off or maybe Central or South Carolina State in the Celebration Bowl. But currently right now, Jackson State is the best HBCU program. So when you have an HBCU program that is rising up the FCS rankings and you have Campbell that's coming in that historically has not been good, but they just beat North Carolina Central. I honestly think that Jackson State wins and we have to support and show love to Jackson State. Now, if they lose, it won't be me going crazy. But I know people will be getting their takes off, getting their jokes off. I wake up motivated. If I ain't swack, who swack? Like I, I know it's gonna be a lot of talk on Twitter and a lot of talk on these podcasts. And I know Jackson State fans are gonna go in, but you don't gotta go in over here. I am rooted for Jackson State. All right, I want them to win. I think they will win. I think Shador, if he wants to continue the Heisman hype, he has to beat Campbell. He has to beat him. I think Travis Hunter for this game is homecoming. Travis Hunter has to come back. The homecoming crowd has to see Travis Hunter. And I think that Travis Hunter, even if he doesn't put up crazy stats on the, on the box score, I think that he's going to make his presence felt if he does play almost like FAMU, where like that quarterback from Campbell knows that he's going to throw, you're not throwing to, to Travis's side. And if you do, it's going to be a deflection. It's going to be an interception. You're not going far. So I think that Travis Hunter does come back for this game because I don't think he's played ever since the FAMU game. So he's been out for a minute, and that worries me a little bit. That that does worry me. Like I wonder what really happened because he came in, you know, he had the cast on his ankle during Swack Media Day. He had the cast on his ankle. So I, I'm nervous about Travis, you know. So I hope he, everything's okay with him, and I do want to see him back on the field, you know. But I just I, you can't I, you can't pick it as Jackson State. I I can't, you know, I can't because I'm black. I went to an HBCU. I'm HBCU Pulse. I'm rude for everybody black, like Issa Rae. If we brought Issa Rae on, on, on this podcast, she don't know nothing about HBC football. But she'll be like, I, I ask who you rooting for. I'm rooting for Jackson State. <laughs> like, that's what she going to say. Because that's what. Like, wow, Issa, I'm rooting for everybody black still. And that's what we do. We're rooting for everybody black. So, Deion Sanders, listen, go down there. Must be the money. Must be the wins. I ain't swack. Who swack? You wake up motivated. Wake up motivated and beat Campbell. But I will say this. I think Campbell does want to be in the swack. They want to be in the MEAC. Because why y'all playing all these HBCU teams? Like, like they're in the Big South with North Carolina A&T. But, but, but you, you're, you're playing A&T. They was in the MEAC. You're playing Jackson's Day. You're playing North Carolina, Carolina Central. Like, golly, man. Like, we, we, got, we got to send them on with some L's. Because North Carolina Central, they got shocked a little bit. But A&T know what's up. Okay, I need A&T to complete their assignment. I need Jackson State. I see what Ariel's, Ariel's like. I don't know. But Jackson State is going to complete the assignment. Get them cameras 
up out of here. Ride them off into the sunset. Take take them back to Egypt, okay? Take them right back on to Egypt. Take them back to the Bible, okay? Can, uh, the camels, okay? The camels. They got humps. And it's, not, it, it, and it's hump day. We recorded it. It's hump day. You know, it's, it's actually hump day for real, though. You know what I'm saying? It's actually really Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? But on this hump day, I'm picking Jackson State. What do you think, Arya? It's a lot to unpack. <laughs> a lot to unpack from right there. Um, I do agree. Campbell has been playing a lot of HBCUs, which is kind of weird. And it's funny also that we played Campbell for our homecoming the week um, next week. So uh, the only thing I have to the, – there's a lot of things I have to say, but I'm still trying to unpack everything that you say. But um, Jackson State. I need you guys to set the tone just because first A&T plays them. And I I just really need to see besides, you know, running through central and all these other HBCUs, what are they really like against a really good team? Because Jackson state isn't just anybody. Deion Sanders and his other coaches have made these players into genuine articles. They are really, really good players. Like I said, Shador Sanders is working off of Steve McNair incarnate. They think he's amazing and in the race for being considered for a Heisman. And I would have to say this, Campbell has won most of their games, especially when it comes to HBCUs, when they score first. And Jackson State is one of those teams where they won't let you score at least a touchdown on them until until they play grambling, but at least a touchdown on them in the first quarter. So one thing I do have to say is Jackson State is going to have to strike first. That is one of the major things that is going to kind of decide whether they win against Campbell or if it's going to be a close game. Second, I do I have heard the rumors and some of the talk, you know, this is Jackson State humbling game. I don't think it's a humbling game if it's not necessarily against an HBCU rival or maybe a really good in-conference team. Like, I would have loved to see them humbled by FAMU or hopefully we see them humbled by Southern. Any other team but Campbell. Like you said, I don't think you can literally – Go against Jackson State in this game. I want to see them win. I want to see if Campbell has what it takes to play Shadur Sanders and his team. But this is not one of those games where I'm going to be like, hey, I hope they lose. I can't wait to see this. I don't want that for them. I really need for them to win. If it was any other team, if it was Southern, if it was Alcorn, if it was FAMU, I'm all here for it. But Campbell... No, I, I just I I just can't do that. So one, I need them to set the tone so AT can have that tone. Two, I need them to score first. I need them to strike first because Campbell is known to put it on you between the first and the second quarters. Once they're up, they're up. It's hard to take that lead. And third, I have to go for Jackson State. I really want them to win, but I want them to win respectfully. Um, none, none of that mess, none of that talk, you know. I mean, have all the pride in the world, but let's let's keep it humble. This is a team that has just ran through HBCUs for some reason. And I, I don't get that either. People move into the Big South or into other conferences, but yet, like A&T, we still play HBCUs, and for some reason, those have been our only wins for most of the time. But this, I... You know, it's, it's not more interesting than my game of the week. I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that. I'll say this, and then we'll put a bow on it. Jackson State, a lot of the conversation around Jackson State, and I think it, it, it's so wrong because it's people that, that are still, you know, down-talking HBCUs, is that they're winning in the swag. And they have such an overwhelming talent disparity with Shador, with, 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 with you have, you know, the, the, the Shane Hooks, you have these different receivers. 
So it's like you have all these recruits that you're that are bring you're bringing in and that might commit, you know, come the end of the year. So a lot of people are saying that Jackson State has this huge talent disparity. And it's like they have more talent than every other team in the SWAC and even in HBCU football. So if they're dominating and beating these teams, because some teams are not dominating. They dominated Bethune-Cookman. They dominated Mississippi Valley. In the second half, they dominated Grambling. They even dominated FAMU. But against Tennessee State and Alabama State, it was a closer game, but they still were able to win out, score points, play good defense. If you're winning out and you're undefeated against SWAC teams, but you then lose two out-of-conference games, one South Carolina State in the MEAC, and then you lose to Campbell, there's going to be a lot of narratives that happen. I'm not saying that they're deserved or not, because I know we have Deion Sanders supporters and Jackson State supporters that, that are here. And I sort of think it's, it's unfair. But at the same time, they got to do something against um, Campbell. I think that you that, you know, we can't look at Campbell as, oh, they're going to upset him. But we have to give Campbell the respect because, you know, we saw what they did against Central. And Central has been doing amazing with Davies Richardson and them. And Davies Richardson had, had some moments in, in that game. But it's just, it, I don't know. Like, I really want Jackson State to win this, but I will say this. If Jackson State does lose, a conversation is going to be had. I'm not going to start it. I might not contribute to it, or maybe we will. I don't know. we got a podcast weekly, so we got, got stuff to talk about. But I, I'm not going to start it, but just know it's going to be started. And hate to say it, but what I was saying about if they lose and the HBCU community really gets a chance to get their stuff off, it's going to most likely start from HBCU folks. It's going to be like, oh, y'all beating up on, on, on SWAT, but the moment y'all step out of conference, you, you, lo- you lose the ULM, and then you lose you to, 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 to South Carolina State. What's going on? I think there's going to be a conversation that happens. But I don't think the conversation will happen. Because Jackson State's going to win. We're talking about another reality at that point. We're talking about a nightmare that we woke up from because Jackson State's going to win on Saturdays. Okay, so root for Jackson State. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, happy homecoming, Jackson State. Anyway, coming up on this weekend, we have Allen versus Bluefield State. I think that'll be a good one. You have Bowie versus Chowan. You have Central State versus Edward Waters. You have Elizabeth City versus, versus Virginia State. You have Howard versus Delaware State. Johnson C. Smith versus Fayetteville State. And that's going to be on Aspire. Shout out to the home team at Aspire. I entered there for two years. Shout out to Aspire. San Agustin is playing Winston-Salem State. Shaw is playing Livingstone. You have South Carolina State playing North Carolina Central. That's Ario's game of the week. You have Florida Memorial playing Weber International. You have Lincoln University of Pennsylvania playing Virginia Union. That's going to be an interesting game. You have Robert Morris playing North Carolina A&T as A&T continues their big South play. You have Alcorn versus Texas Southern. You have Jackson State versus Campbell. That is my game of the week. You have Lane versus Tuskegee. That's going to be an interesting game that really determines who makes it out the West. If it's a stream for that, go watch that. If you can go to the game, go to it. I think there's going to be a better game than folks anticipate. So Tennessee State plays Eastern Illinois. Langston plays Ottawa. Lincoln University in Reserve plays Nebraska Kearney. Mounds College plays Kentucky State in another uh, side West matchup. Hampton plays Richmond. Richmond is a predominantly white institution in the Big South, so make sure to stay tuned for that. It's going to be on Flow Sports. You want to see Hampton play. Uh, Morehouse plays Benedict. University of Delaware plays Morgan State. University of Delaware is another school that's just joined the MEAC. They're playing all these HBCUs. Just, just join the MEAC, man. All right, Mississippi Valley State plays Bethune-Cookman. Prairie View A&M play, plays Lamar. 
Southern University plays Virginia University in Lynchburg, and I'll say Lamar for Prairie View is not Lamar Jackson. That'd be interesting if, if Lamar Jackson played Prairie View. That, that's Lamar University, or University of Lamar, or whatever. But um, Clark Atlanta plays Fort Valley, and Savannah State plays Albany. I'm actually sort of interested in this game because I just want to see if Savannah State can sort of shake off the rust because Savannah State was supposed to be Savannah State versus Albany for the SIAC championship and for the playoffs. So to see how far they've fallen has been intriguing. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that, but uh, make sure to stay locked in on that. That'll be on ESPN+. Plus. So, yes, that's what we got going on on this weekend, Ariel. So where can we find you on social media? You can find me on askgroovy underscore underscore on Twitter or check out my website at theunnextopinion.weebly.com. Love it, love it. This is a fun, this is a fun recording. I, I, I love this episode. This is fun. All right, so you can follow HBCU Pulse on Instagram and HBCU Pulse. YouTube has a new feature called um, Handles. So uh, you ha- we have a handle now on YouTube. So on YouTube, our handle is at HBCU Pulse. We confirmed that last week. So if you type in at HBCU Pulse, you'll find our YouTube channel. On HBCU League Pass with channel 201, the HBCU Pulse channel. Uh, you can also find us on TikTok and Twitter at VHBCU Pulse. And we have a lot of amazing work on HBCUPulse.com. But outside of that, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you go out and vote. Make sure you go out and vote. That's that's more important than football because that sort of affects what HBCUs have going on. So make sure you go out and vote. This is important. Vote like your lives depend on it because it does at this point. So make sure you go out and vote. But outside of that, thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you on the other side. Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.